But uh, this morning we have a special treat uh, because one of our wonderful teachers is going to teach us some beautiful truth from the Word. And uh, Nancy, come on forward. Let's give Nancy a round of applause. Nancy and we go back a long way, don't we? We won't say how far, but a long way. Because <laughs> both of us are in denial about how many years ago that was, but that's fine. Uh, but I know God's been speaking to Nancy, and that's why I asked her to come and share with us this morning. So uh, take it away. Give us the Word of God. Thank you, Mark. I'm really happy this morning to be speaking. Um, you know, like he said, my name's Nancy, and I've been attending here, and um, I just felt like when he and Jane asked me to speak that, you know, God gave me the words um, commitment and contentment. So it's commitment and contentment at Christmas. So I've got some chocolates for you guys to eat while I'm speaking. Since we're on the C's, the three C's. I've got, hold on just a second. And what's left in the bag is mine. <laughs> I need an Andy's mint here. Okay. So, um, so we got the three C's this morning. Um, you know, it's it's Christmas time, and so you know a lot of us celebrate Christmas. Not everybody, but um, you know, it's it for me. It's a time to remember Jesus and to be excited about who he is in our lives and what he means to us. And so, yeah, I enjoy that whole part of the Christmas season. Um, of course, gifts and all that stuff are kind of nice, too. But, uh, you know, so my message is kind of on the idea of mainly commitment. Um, what is commitment? It's the state or quality of being dedicated to a cause, activity, etc. So in say, it's saying that something's important to me, and I'm going to give my time and energy to this cause or activity. So someone that plays football, especially somebody professional, is committed to playing the sport of football because they would not be on that field if they didn't give a lot to be there and really spend the time, the energy to be good at football. Um, we're committed to our jobs, our families, even our hobbies. Um, you know, it's basically a decision to spend time and energy on something. And it can be something small or it can be something really big. You know, for me, I'm trying to think. I've, I've always been committed to school. I love education. I love um, learning things. If I could be a professional student, I probably would. <laughs> um, you know, that's just one of my joys is learning things. So. You know, I like reading, so sometimes I can be a little too committed to reading. Um, so there's things in our lives that we're committed to. In Matthew 22, 37, Jesus repeats from um, something from the Old Testament that sums up our commitment as Christians. Um, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And, you know, he goes on to talk about loving our neighbor as ourselves. You know, that commitment is 
huge. You know, we in the Western church, we tend to kind of have a very, oh, you know, let's follow Jesus. He loves us. We're going to have a better life. You know, it's a very, sometimes it can come across as kind of a light thing. But in reality, when you really look at the Bible, you know, we're asked to commit ourselves to the Lord himself, to his ideas and his plans for our lives. It's a big commitment. Um, we can see throughout the Bible, many of the people that are in the Old Testament as well as the New Testament, you know, their lives completely changed when they did, they followed God and did what he asked them to do. So I wanted to spend a few minutes just thinking about what it really means to be committed to the Lord, to be um, 100% in, to really follow him. And this isn't as a, this is just kind of to give us a reference point of, you know, where the sermon's going later. But um, I thought we'd talk for a minute. One of my favorites from the Bible, um, of course, is Moses. You know, he's out in the wilderness. He's had a real downer in his life of, you know, he was raised adopted, he winds up committing murder, he runs out, you know, flees, winds up in the wilderness. He's been 40 years in this life of taking care of sheep or, and, you know, just living his life. And all of a sudden, God shows up with a burning bush and says, you know, I want you to do this. And Moses is like, no, I, I like you, God, and I want to follow you, but uh, I can't do that. And, you know, it takes a little bit for God to convince him that this is what he wants and this is what he's um, created him for and, you know, to kind of push him into accepting that. Well, did Moses sign up immediately to spend his whole life um, basically wrangling the Israelites into going where they were supposed to go and the headaches of living that lifestyle for, you know, pretty much the rest of his life? So there's big consequences for people that follow God as far as what that changed in their lives. Their lives weren't their own anymore. They were following God and doing what he was asking them to do, not what they necessarily wanted to do. Although God in his graciousness creates us to do the things he has planned for us. So he puts in us a lot of times the desire and the abilities to do, but it's still not easy giving up our own will, our own desires, our own plans. I thought I'd ask you guys, what are some of your favorites from the Bible that you see the big change that happened to them when they really followed God? So, Anybody got some ideas? I already gave you chocolate, so I can't bribe you. But uh, I knew Mama would have one. What is yours? Oh, Paul. Yeah, he's probably one of the bigger ones. He had his whole you know, trajectory planned out, and he's going around, you know, making a name for himself, persecuting Christians because they're doing something that's against the word of God, and God stops him and says, you're persecuting the wrong people, and, you know, you're actually attacking me. Yes? Yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they wind up in a huge bonfire 
thinking they're going to burn to death um, because of their commitment to the Lord and what the Lord had told them. And, you know, miraculously, that's one of the stories where they, you know, God saved them and used that to show that he was actually God overall and um, that nobody was above him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Daniel definitely had, well, I mean, he had a whole lifetime, really, from being kidnapped and put into the, what's the kingdom that he was, the Bab- Babylonian. is Babylonian. Anyway, becoming part of that kingdom, being raised in that culture, but keeping himself separate, and then eventually raising to where he was. And he pretty much had ongoing attacks from other leaders wanting to take him down during his life. And continue to show himself faithful. Yes. Simon Peter. Simon Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Peter, you know, and really you can look at all the disciples because most of them died pretty gruesome deaths in doing the work of the Lord and following him and speaking his message. Yes. Yeah, he was willing to speak up and say, God's done this for me. Yes. Gideon's a good one. <laughs> yeah, Gideon's one that, again, didn't think he had anything to offer, and God all of a sudden shows up and is like, okay, Gideon, you're going you're gonna to lead my army and deliver my people. And he's like, who, me? You know, he's like looking behind him to see who might else, who else might be there. And um, so it was, you know, and then he, the victory that he had was amazing because it really was just all God, you know, and that was the big thing about it. Yes. Uh, I was going to say Mary Magdalene, because she was the mm-hmm. one from whom seven demons were cast out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mary Magdalene. Um, Yeah, and we all, you know, and that's kind of where I'm going next is what happens, you know, when we do give our lives to the Lord? We do give up a lot. We do have to, you know, really consider what does the Lord want in each circumstance in our lives. And sometimes we, we want to gloss that over and be like, well, God loves me, you know, but, you know, this is a season when we can look at and go, what is my commitment to the Lord? What have I um, given of myself to him um, as we look at what he's given to us? So that's where I'm going next because 
I um, want to leave this message on an up note, so not just the heavy part of it of what is our commitment to the Lord, because you know we can definitely beat ourselves up sometimes about that. But I want to show you the change in mindset we can have to really knowing that you know, we want to make that commitment, that this is a joy for us to make that commitment. Um, and just talking about that commitment, I think the biggest one, and as I go into the next part of this message, is you know, Jesus himself, because he gave up you know, being God alone, you know, only God, to also being a man, to come to earth. He had to give up all of his privileges of who he was as God in order to do that. And then he dies, this gruesome death, and is resurrected. You know, he gave everything of himself, really. And we see, you know, he said over and over in the scripture, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what the Father tells me to say. So the whole time he's on, you know, he's in his ministry on earth, he's actively listening to God and trying to do exactly what he tells him to do. And I often think it's funny because there's a few moments in scripture where he starts to say one thing and then it seems like his actions kind of contradict what he said. And I often wonder, was that one of those moments when his natural inclination was to do this, but God the Father said, oh, hey, Jesus, do that. And so he, you know, in obedience, did what his father said do. And, um, you know, we don't know, but that's something to ask when we get to heaven. <laughs> um, so, you know, he, he deliberately did exactly what the father told him to do. And I love that example that he gives us. Um, So my next part of the message is kind of just the question, and this is kind of a selfish question, but what's in it for us? What do we get out of this relationship with God? What is our takeaway from this whole um, commitment? And, you know, God has really been speaking to me. It's, it's a life together with, with God. We get Jesus. You know, he is our gift that we celebrate at Christmas. And what all that entails is, you know, pretty amazing. Um, you know, that we, a lot, there's a metaphor in the Bible that's used quite often of the marriage, being, us being the bride of Christ once you're, you know, when you get saved and you're a Christian, you're part of the bride of Christ. And there's a lot of references in the Bible about the marriage feast and marriage and, so I started to see that, and I felt like God was speaking to me, that it's like, you know, especially at Christmas, we celebrate the proposal. You know, Jesus came to earth, and it was this proposal to us. It was this, will you say yes? I've committed everything here. Are you going to commit right back to me? Are you going to say yes back? And... Um, and so we're celebrating getting Jesus in this whole commitment thing. So one, the biggest one, and we see this in John 3.16, is everlasting life and freedom from sin. Um, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So one of the biggest things is that we just get this amazing forgiveness from sin 
and we also get the everlasting life of being able to go into heaven and to do God's will and to be with him in eternity. The next one I felt like was just the whole love. You know, we get overwhelming love. We kind of, a lot of times in worship, we experience that, that God's love is just so real. And uh, John 15, 9 through 10, as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. And then, of course, Romans 8, 38, and 39. Um, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we just experience, you know, as Christians, his amazing love for us. And, you know, I know I've just had so many moments here where, you know, I've just all of a sudden felt his presence with me, his love for me, and that just allows us to relax and let go of a lot of the hurts and things that keep us from really serving him. So being able to just experience his love is one of his biggest gifts to us. And... um, then the third thing I thought about was just peace. Um, John 14, 27, Jesus specifically says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And in this world, this is a big deal because we have a lot of things that we can be afraid of. And being able to just experience his peace and know that you know, he loves us He's got our back. He's got a plan. You know, and even if things are difficult and even if things don't look good, we know that his peace and, you know, that we can walk in that peace. We can let go of the fear and trust him. And so, you know, that's, I think, I mean, for me, because I'm a planner, I don't know how many of you guys in here are planners. Like, you like to have a list, a to-do list. You love to know what's going to happen. Um, well, when you're like that, it's real easy to always want to know what's going to happen next and to plan for it. And if you like to let, know what's going to happen next, well, you get frustrated a lot. Because how often do we actually know what's going to happen next? And how often do things get interrupted? Um, this week, my niece, who's 11, her dad, my brother, um, got a stomach bug, and he's the one that always takes her to, to school. So I get a call at like 5.30 in the morning, Nancy, can you take Kaylin to school today and pick her up? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and when I wake up, I'm, my brain's like going, okay, connect the dots. And so I'm like, okay, yes, I can do this. So, you know, she came over about 6.30, and we had something to eat and got her going. Let her make pancakes, which was not the best idea, because mama can attest that the results were interesting. Um, But we did manage to get her to school. And then she wound up spending the night, so I could take her to school the next day. 
So can you say my week was definitely interrupted and I had some moments where I had to go, okay, <laughs> this is okay, we, we'll make it. So, um, you know, just having that assurance that we have peace, that we have, um, you know, God's in our corner in every situation and that the interruptions that happen are oftentimes him giving us an opportunity to either um, serve somebody or to love somebody or even just an opportunity that we needed to take a break. You know, you have a flat tire? Well, if you have to sit by the road, you might as well enjoy it because, you know, <laughs> there's nothing else to do. So, um, yeah, there's moments when we just need those interruptions. And then the fourth thing I really felt was, you know, that Jesus is coming back. You know, this season isn't just celebrating him having come, but it's about celebrating his return, that this isn't the end. This world is not um, all there is to it, that we have a whole other life that's going to come in Jesus and, you know, when we go to heaven. Um, and I think somebody mentioned this in worship, but John 14, 1 through 4, let not your hearts be troubled, Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So that's pretty cool. You know, we know what's going to happen eventually. We don't have to wonder about all of that. So all of these are part of the gift of who Jesus is to us. Um, and, uh, you know, we are basically the bride to the bridegroom eventually. Um, it's the way that the Bible speaks about the future. And we don't know what that really looks like, but um, I thought it would be interesting because God really gave me just this sense of excitement about us saying yes to Jesus and that, you know, we kind of get caught up in, in life and we don't realize what a big yes it is, what he's given to us as well as our response to him. So I've been watching silly flash mob proposals. So I'm going to show you one. It's not a Christian song, so don't pay too much attention to the lyrics. It's Bruno Mars. It's a really famous proposal song. But what I want you to get a sense of is you know, what is God saying to you about, about his commitment to you? And what is your heart saying about your response back to him? Because this is a great video for, number one, the effort this guy put in to asking this girl to marry him. But number two, her response is pretty amazing. And, um, and just to encourage you to let God speak to your heart about what he's asked you to commit but how exciting this journey is. You know, we don't, you know, many, most of you are probably already Christians, but, you know, just giving you an opportunity to say yes again and to acknowledge his commitment to you again and to renew yours to him. And uh, just to think about that and to, in your heart, feel that emotion. So I'm going to let Brandon play the video.
And this, <laughs> I mean, he knew pretty much right away she wanted to marry him. <laughs> um, but it just spoke to my heart about, you know, there's these moments when Jesus is just standing in front of you and he's saying, this proposal isn't for anybody else because this is a whole big auditorium. And she didn't know it was her to start with. And then all of a sudden he walks out and it's you. You know, I want you. I'm committing all of this, my heart, the spectacle, to you. And I want you to say yes to me. I'm asking you to say yes. And so I just felt just such a strong sense of, you know, I cried the first time I watched it. I'm crying a little bit now. But it's just his heart for us is, I want you. And yeah, that commitment's not going to be easy. But it's a joy and the excitement of that yes, and the excitement of looking forward to that life. And even though many of us have been on this road a long time, we get a new chance to say yes every day. We get a new chance. So I just want to close our eyes for a few minutes and just you know, ask God to just speak to our hearts. Lord, we just thank you that you're speaking, you're yes to us your I want you and I just ask that you would speak to each person's heart that personal statement of I want you Lord, I just thank you that you really want us, each individually and all together, and that you have sacrificed so much for us to be a part of your life. And Lord, just give us the courage and the commitment to keep saying yes every moment, each day. And thank you for the joy in the yes. Thank you that it gives us an amazing life of adventure and love, peace, everything you've promised us in the Bible. Nancy, that's really powerful. Let's keep our eyes closed just for a moment. Because I have the sense that Jesus wants to just speak to your heart a little more deeply yet before we break, before we close. 
believe he's doing things in our hearts right now that we will be able to look back to many years from now and say, uh, that's, that's where God did that. Just as Nancy was speaking, I had this powerful flashback to, I guess it's nearly 35 years ago now, where I didn't put on as big of a production, but asked someone, would she say yes? And I can still remember it. And then I realized that 22 years ago, when I felt about an inch high and quite a failure, the father came to me and said, will you say yes, Mark, to be my son? And I can still remember that moment just as powerfully. And I believe in this moment of quietness with our eyes closed, God is just saying to your heart, Will you say yes again? And our response, Father, is yes, we will. I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying yes to my future with you. I'm saying yes to a whole change of direction with you saying yes to you bringing me out of the past and into the future. So Holy Spirit, you're here to set your seal on what you've done in our hearts this morning. I pray for a great release of joy in each of our hearts as we say yes to you again. Joy that's more than enough for me. <laughs> joy that I can share with others too. Just all over this room, it, it kind of looks like the day of Pentecost must have looked in my mind's eye. It's like these little flames on each of you. <laughs> Flames of yes, flames of love, flames of God's new thing. <laughs> and people will notice that you've said yes. People will notice. And so we're going to be dismissed to share our yes. 